on this day in Christian history. Four rules or dying. When entrusted to God, even sickness can become a tool for his glory. Asked why the man in John 9 was blind, Jesus replied, This happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Paul's illness, though a thorn in his flesh, displayed the sufficiency of God's grace. William Sangster's Four Rules for Facing Illness show us how that happens. Sangster was born in London in 1900 and started attending a Methodist church at age nine. At 13, he became a Christian and immediately began sharing his faith with friends. Three years later, he preached his first sermon on February 11, 1917. After stints in the army and in college, he began pastoring a circuit of Methodist churches, working himself to exhaustion, frequently saying, I just can't do enough. His reputation as a powerful preacher and beloved pastor followed him from church to church. In 1939, Sangster assumed leadership of Westminster Central Hall, a Methodist church near London's Westminster Abbey. During his first worship service, he announced to his stunned congregation that Britain and Germany were officially at war. He quickly converted the church basement into an air raid shelter, and for 1,688 nights, Sangster ministered to the various needs of all kinds of people. At the same time, he somehow managed to write, to preach gripping sermons, to earn a PhD, and to learn hundreds to lead hundreds to Christ. He became known as Wesley's successor in London and was esteemed as the most beloved Brit- British preacher of his era. After the war, Sangster headed Britain's Methodist Home Missions Department until he was diagnosed with progressive muscular atrophy. For three years, he slowly died, becoming progressively more paralyzed, finally able to move only two fingers. But his attitude didn't falter, for when first learning of his illness, Sangster made four rules for himself. Many people have rules for living. Sangster composed four rules for dying. I will never complain. I will keep the I will keep the home bright. I will count my blessings. I will try to turn it to gain. He did all those things, and thus the work of God was displayed in his life, and God's strength was made perfect in his weakness. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man who had been blind since birth. Jesus' disciples asked, Teacher, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his parents, because he or his parents sinned? No, it wasn't, Jesus answered, but because of his blindness, you will see God work a miracle for him. Good morning, good morning. Today is February 11th. It is Sunday, and it is currently 59 degrees here in Stockbridge, cloudy. It says bring an umbrella. We're going to see rain uh, with a high of 67, so very warm temperatures. I guess the cloud cover holding the heat in last night. And uh, let's pray, and we'll get into our lesson. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and uh, for this just amazing uh an account there, Lord, and uh, just we just taught on that very same thing, uh, this comparison between the, the blind man uh, that you healed, Lord, and Paul that you, that you did not heal, that you supplied your get grace to get him through, Lord. And, and uh, we know you use both of those things uh, still to this day. And Lord, as we just lift up uh, uh, a large list, we do want to... Uh, Give you praise and glory for for Bob uh, opening his eyes, and Wendy's husband, and 
some responsiveness, Lord, and uh, and also Sean as well, giving a thumbs up, Lord. But we do ask for uh, that you would continue uh, to heal their bodies, Lord, to heal their minds, whatever's going on there, Lord. We just ask for your healing hand. Uh, Lord, we do lift up uh, Serge's dad with the cancer and the doctor's wisdom on that. Again, uh, Tracy's dad has COVID. We ask for healing there and any others that are suffering from the flu or COVID or uh, the colds and bronchitis. And there's just so much going around right now, Lord. We just lift that up to you. Um, we do ask that you be with uh, Michaela's uh, family with the loss of this little girl, Lord, and uh, just the... <clears throat> um, uh, just everything that goes on with that, the services and everything, Father. We just ask for peace and comfort, a very difficult, difficult time, Lord. And also Gary with this infection in his in his foot and uh, uh, and Chris with the marijuana addiction and the other things going on, Lord. And we just ask that you would open, your, open his heart to you, Lord, lead him to you. And, and then also Colin and Elva, both healing from surgeries, we just lift them up, Lord, that they're healing the pain would uh, get better and better each and every day, Lord, and uh, just that uh, they'd both be uh, just back to a perfect state, Lord. And Father, be with us right now as we get into this lesson, open our eyes and our hearts uh, right now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Is your mind stayed on God? By Oswald Chambers. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Isaiah 26 verse 3. Is your mind stayed on God or is it starved? Starvation of the mind caused by neglect is one of the chief sources of exhaustion and weakness in a servant's life. If you have never used your mind to place yourself before God, Begin to do it now. There is no reason to wait <clears throat> for God to come to you. You must turn your thoughts and your eyes away from the face of idols and look to him and be saved. Isaiah 45:22. Your mind is the greatest gift God has given you and it ought to be devoted entirely to him. You should seek to be bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10:5. This will be one of the greatest assets of your faith when a time of trials comes, because then your faith and the Spirit of God will work together. When you have thoughts and ideas that are worthy of credit to God, learn to compare and associate them with all that happens in nature. The rising and the setting of the sun, the shining of the moon and the stars, and the changing of the seasons. You will begin to see that your thoughts are from God as well, and your mind will no longer be at the mercy of your impulsive thinking, but will always be used in service to God. We have sinned with our fathers and did not remember. Psalm 106 verses 6 and 7. Then prod your memory and wake up immediately. Don't say to yourself, but God is not talking to me right now. He ought to be. Remember whose you are and whom you serve. Encourage yourself to remember, and your affection for God will increase tenfold. Your mind will no longer be starved, but you will be quick and enthusiastic, and your hope will be inexpressibly bright. Wisdom from Oswald Chambers. The life of Abraham is an illustration of two things, of unreserved surrender to God 
and of God's complete possession of a child of his for his own highest end. Wow, praise God. And our chapter for today is Matthew 26, verses 1 through 25. Subtitled, The Plot to Kill Jesus. When Jesus had finished this discourse, he said to his disciples, You know that the Passover is coming in two days, and the Son of Man is to be betrayed and handed over for crucifixion. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the courtyard of the elegant home of the Jewish high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and plotted together to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said it must not be during the festival, Passover, otherwise there might be a riot among the people. Now, when Jesus was back in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster vial of very expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' head as he reclined at the table. But when the disciples saw it, they were indignant and angry, saying, Why all this waste of money? For this perfume might have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of the malice of this remark, said to them, Why are you bothering the woman? She has done a good thing to me, for you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever this gospel of salvation is preached in the whole world, Wherever, I'm sorry, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, wherever this gospel of salvation is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told in memory of her for her act of love and devotion. Then one of the twelve disciples, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand Jesus over to you? And they weighed out 30 pieces of silver, and from that moment Judas began looking for an opportune time to betray Jesus. Now, on the first day of unleavened bread, Passover week, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city of a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time to suffer and atone for sin is near. I am to keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. Accordingly, the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve disciples, and as they were eating, he said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you that one of you will betray me. Being deeply grieved and extremely distressed, each one of them began to say to him, Surely not I, Lord. Jesus answered, He who has dipped his hand in the bowl with me as a pretense of friendship will betray me. The Son of Man is to go to the cross, just as it is written in Scripture of him. But woe, judgment is coming to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had never been born. And Judas, the betrayer, said, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. Jesus said to him, You have said it yourself. Wow. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for... Uh, Just a day set aside to worship you, to glorify you, to praise you, Lord. We do ask that you would help us to uh, uh, just give our minds over to you completely and totally, Lord. Uh, That every thought would be under captivity, Lord. That we would be totally and completely 
uh, operating uh, under your direction, under your, your word, your speaking to us, Lord, what we hear from you. And Lord, help us to hear that clearly, Lord, and help us to take the thoughts of the flesh, the thoughts of the enemy, Lord, and just place them under captivity, Lord, that we would just put them, uh, take them captive, that we would uh, uh, take them and disregard them, Lord, and completely uh, leave our minds open for your direction and your will and uh, whatever you want to do. And so, Father, we just thank you. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would help us today, uh, not at just here at this fellowship, but all over, Lord, everyone gathering together, Lord. We do have this rain. We just ask that that wouldn't keep anyone away uh, from worshiping you and glorifying you, Lord. Um, and we just ask for a great time. Uh, today, as uh, uh, Pastor Daniel comes to share with us, Lord, that uh, you would just uh, guide his, uh, his lips, and uh, Lord, that we would hear exactly what we need to hear from you, and our meeting later, Lord, is in the same thing, that we would, you would just guide, guide direct uh, the leadership of this church, Lord, and, and uh, all these uh, uh, just business and uh, uh, ministry, Lord. Unfortunately, uh, uh, these are everything, it's, it's, uh, everything is a business, Lord, and uh, so we just ask for your direction on that aspect of it, uh, and just that that uh, business and the ministry would just mesh uh, perfectly, Lord, uh, in all that we do. And Lord, we thank you for providing for us and for loving us, and we just ask for your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, guys, you have an amazing day. May the Grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.